You like that? You like that? Ooh, yes we do, Kirk. We do like it. You like that? You like that? We sure do, Kirk. We like it a lot. Welcome everyone to Season 1, Episode 9 of the Burgundy Blogcast. This is Brent from Burgundy Blog, where I am always in pursuit of Redskins truth. Let's get it on. Okay, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Brent from Burgundy Blog on Twitter at Burgundy Blog. Very excited for uh, what I think is going to be a cool pod or blogcast this week. Um, we don't have Hayes. We're missing Hayes, my regular producer from Sports Channel Eight. He had something better to do. I'm very disappointed. Hayes is not. He's he's out of commission. He's on by uh, like the skins. He'll be back next week, but I think this is going to be a fun conversation because I'm happy to um, introduce you to my buddy Mike Honcho. He's an astute, intelligent, well-informed Redskins fan and a longtime pal, and we're going to rap about this game and the rest of the season, so welcome Mike Honcho. Thank you, sir. An honor to be here. <laughs> I bet. Uh, so... So, all right, let's do it. Let's talk about the Bucks game. So the Skins, Skins just had this this pretty thrilling, uh, and and I think very unexpected win uh, on Sunday a couple days ago. Uh, I'll be honest, I was in the car for the first half during real time. I was listening on the radio, uh, rolling my eyes over and over again at every increasingly catastrophic mistake, as it got to be 24 nothing. Uh, and then I got home just in time. I had it on DVR. I sat down basically at half. And from that point onward, obviously, uh, well, at that point it was 24-7. The Redskins really took control, uh, shockingly, uncharacteristically there early in the third quarter and mounted that historic comeback. I, you know, obviously this was a very entertaining game to watch, much more than I expected between two fairly crappy teams. Um, I was, I was pumped. I, I really enjoyed watching this game, and I think – what it tells us about the Redskins is not, hey, maybe they're legitimate, maybe they're actually a, a good team or even a, a fair team. I still think, frankly, they're probably not. But um, I think this was a comeback that, that last year's team and previous teams from recent seasons just, frankly, would not have been capable of even on their best day or in their best half. And so it, it shows me something. It shows me that there is real progress, and I tweeted something to that effect that basically – it you know these are not the same old Redskins because I just I don't even think for one shining moment that they that they could have pulled that out. I I would I couldn't said it better. I mean really you looked at the first half. I was sitting there in the first half and it was just it felt normal. Um, <laughs> just the 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 misery and the um, especially after the uh, the return touchdown after the fumble. Um, at that point it was I, I was I was actually with my dad and it was. Just felt felt you know shockingly normal that 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 feeling of hopelessness. Um, so 
I, you, you really didn't start to believe until the onside kick, I think. Yeah. And, and then you said, oh, well, we actually just did something that, uh, that that's kind of noteworthy. So, um, so yeah, it was, it, it was, I was pumped and, uh, and you know, I think Kirk Cousins was too. Evidently he sure was. So, okay, Mike, what do you think about the, you know, what are the implications of this win? What does this mean? You know, where are we now? Are, are, does, does this totally, uh, change your, your impression of the, of the 2015 Redskins or of the head coach or the quarterback? You know, it, doesn't really um uh i i've i've been kind of cousins is still kind of who i think he is i think sometimes he looks worse than he is and sometimes i think he looks better than he is mm-hmm. um so i i'm i'm still kind of in the middle um but um because the other thing that i can't just get over is i i watched the game for a second time like i normally do and it's not just the penalties because, I mean, they gave us so much with the penalties. 14 penalties, I think, accepted yeah, yeah. for some ridiculous amount of yards. Brutal. But, the, but just the play calling, like the, that, that goal line play calling mm-hmm. was the worst I've ever seen. You've got Jameis, <laughs> we got Jameis Winston with third and goal from the one. He can't, he can't run a sneak. You run a toss? Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we were given so many chances to it win was, that yeah. game. It was a game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, while I loved it and I, I, I was pumped just like you for, with the game, but I, 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 don't, I don't have any. Uh, I'm going to stay medium. Yeah. Right. Good call. I'm with you. So, so what do we, what do we, this is a question that you posed to me earlier, and I want to dive right into this because I think it's a great topic. The Redskins, you know, this year's Redskins. Uh, were supposed to be this kind of like smash mouth um, physical team. We're going to out-physical you. We're going to push you around. We're going to bully you at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to stop the run. And here we are. Uh, we're three and four after after seven games. I, I think most fans are, are pretty happy, actually, or satisfied with the record at this point. But that's not who we are, right? I mean, the, at least the last few weeks – the Redskins' running game has been terrible. Alfred Morris averaged less than a yard per carry on only a half a dozen carries in this one. Uh, the the defense sometimes seems to be able to do just enough, but the, the the run defense the past few weeks has been pretty poor, especially the outside run defense. Uh, what do we do here? Like, what do we try to reestablish this identity that that you know we all thought they were going to have, or does Gruden say, hey? Um, turns out my offensive line actually maybe we're we're better pass blockers than run blockers right now maybe we need to put more on cousins's plate maybe we need to try to let him shoulder the load what's your strategy going forward well i i think you got to think about that because i think when you look at us trying to establish the running game i think it worked one game mm-hmm. um and then, I mean, you, you look at you look at the. There are no holes. There's nowhere for the yeah. any of the running backs to go. And then you look at a guy like uh, a guy like Cousins. His strength is obviously uh, getting the ball out. Yeah. And the offensive line is is good enough to at least protect him on those quick throws. And then you look at a lot of these other offenses in the league, and and I think a lot of them that do this have better quarterbacks than we have. But I think it might be worth taking a look at what he looks like 
when asked to do that, where you're not really running the ball for those five-yard gains. You're taking those quick outs for five-yard gains. Yeah. Um, and I've always thought, like, I'm not, I'm not an, uh, an X, X and O's expert or anything like that, but I've always thought Cousins looked um, – more comfortable in the shotgun, more comfortable in the in the kind of no huddle look. So, yeah. um, I, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, I, I I think especially going up to New England, what do you got to lose? Right. You think there's any chance? What, what what's this game going to look like? I can't imagine good <laughs> because because one one it's on the road. I mean, <laughs> uh, if it was at night, then we wouldn't score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, that is uh, in our favor, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Game. What do you What do you think? Um, you know, the Redskins have this kind of annoying habit of 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 sometimes shockingly being able to play to their opponent, and I, I kind of have. A, I certainly, I think. Okay, anybody that's out there predicting that the Redskins are going to win, that just doesn't make any sense. That's illogical. But. I don't think it's crazy to anticipate that they might be able to keep it close. I mean, I think there's a chance that in the fourth quarter, this will be a one-score game or a 10-point game. Um, that just seems to happen sometimes. I, Cousins, you know, maybe... <sighs> Obviously, I think a lot of it is coming down to him. I mean, just just as, as, we, as we just covered. I mean, they're having to throw the ball a lot. We said at the beginning of the year, any time that Cousins has to lift it 40 times or more, you know, it's not a recipe for success, but he did, and it worked, believe it or not. So, um, so that now you really got to think about, well, what do you have in him? Because I don't think he's, I don't think he's just a piece. I think he's a big piece of whether they're going to win any, any more games. And he, maybe there's something to this. You know, he, he, the, the, these these last second, last minute drives. He's got two pretty awesome drives in the final minute now. And and coming into the season, his the biggest concern about him. I mean, obviously he, he still turns it over like crazy. Although in, in in the wins, in the three wins so far, zero zero picks, which obviously is no coincidence. But maybe he's getting some of that confidence back. Maybe he's learning how to actually deal with adversity. I don't know if he's got a little momentum right now and. He could go up, and and I think maybe they could make a little noise. Yeah, what what scares me a little bit, and this is just just kind of me, me looking at it, but it all it's almost like when all is lost, and he has nothing else to lose. Like because at the at the first half of that game, you're thinking like when it was twenty four nothing, I'm already thinking, okay, McCoy, <laughs> we're going to see McCoy if not in the second half next game, we might see Gruden back again, we might not. I mean, like that that's how bad that first half was. Yep. And then he comes out and it's like he almost says, you know, mentally, he checks it off and says, Well, I can't get any worse. So I'm just gonna play. Yeah. And it's almost like he flips that switch, but it, it it was almost it was like that, you know, in the Atlanta game with with that he he did not play well the most of the Atlanta game and yeah. then led that ridiculous ridiculous, you know, what, three play drive. Yeah. Yeah. To, to to get a to get a game time field goal, so um, I don't know what that says. I don't know if that says you know um, he's he's thinking too much or he's more of a head case than we want him to be. But um, I think there's something to letting it go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. In this one, there's nothing to lose, and the players have almost said as much. They've been, from what I've read remarkably frank about their dismal chances of winning up there. And and I, I actually. I don't hate to hear that. I kind of think that for the reasons you just said, like it may help them to sort of let it all out. And that's what it's going to take 
there's no way that if they played this game ten times that they'd win more than one. But you only needed to be the one. Um, and and it's also I love these games. You know, I said earlier in the year when they when they traveled to Atlanta, they were playing a, a team at that point that was undefeated with a ton of momentum on the road in a dome. Uh, out of division, I said this game is just, it's really not an imperative game. It's kind of just gravy. If they can pull it off, beautiful. If they can't, you know, whatever. I think this game is like that. You're playing a team that absolutely nobody on the planet expects you to win. Um, you're on the road. It's out of conference. It's an opportunity for them to just kind of show what they've got. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, if 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 Sunday's game had gone differently, if the second half had been like the first, a million things would be different right now. Um, just like you said, I mean, Cousins' job would be a hot topic and even Gruden's. But, you know, this team really, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too too corny, but they seem to be buying in right now. And I'm, I'm on lots of records as not being a Gruden fan since <laughs> shortly after he was hired. Lots but, of records, yes. I have, I have <laughs> the the records are broken. But... You know, the things they say are a little bit different this year. It's not all the same old hackneyed cliches. I mean, they I think, you know, Hatcher was was yelling after the game in front of the whole team to Cousins, I believe in you, I believe in you. And things suggest that they're buying in, which is really great for what is probably the most important narrative of this whole year, which is just the idea of culture change and, and Scott McLuhan's influence. Yeah, I think... I, I I think that's well said, and I and I, I think you know, um, you know, really when you look at the Patriots, at least what, what I look at it, I'm, I don't get scared of us our ability to score points if we if we run the offense the right way. I mean, their defense is just hasn't scared me for years, but I think they could put up sixty on us. Well, before we move on from the Bucks game, uh, you know, it, it's 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 Tuesday. This this pod is going to go out Wednesday. I think everyone's read a lot about it and and kind of drawn a lot of the conclusions that will have been drawn. But did you any other thoughts? Did you see anything there that that you thought was notable or different from previous games, or what you know, uh, why why you think they were able to pull this out when uh, everyone thought that you could stick a fork in them? I mean, I really think you just. You got good cuz. Yep, good you cuz good, for sure. Good, good cuz in the second half. He was actually hitting people in stride. Yep. Um, my only other my only other observation, which is completely random, is just I, I really want to ask Ryan Grant what that uh, celebration was on his touchdown. Yeah, his first career touchdown. He didn't really take advantage there. And he, he threw the ball. Yeah, he threw the ball and ran by everybody that <laughs> He wanted to get out of there. <laughs> um, you know, w- one thing that I, I thought I saw in real time, and um, and I've since seen really backed up by by some some stud analysts on Twitter, um, is is that there seemed to be a little bit more of a um, the, the the offensive play calling was frankly very effective, and I've picked on Gruden um, for I think calling runs when when he should have passed and and vice versa and um in the second half they were in that that offense was in a great rhythm and there were lots of guys open and some of those plays little pop passes little play action things there was even a pistol it almost had a little bit of a Shanahan feel to it and um and, and to me it made me wonder hey is is um is McVay having a little bit more of an influence here and I don't know what to make of that because uh some other people 
that are a little, little bit closer to the situation have suggested, hey, actually, McVay's been calling plays maybe since even the early part of last season, and that and that Gruden really only kind of signs off on the plays. The whole play calling thing is very convoluted because, as as we know, like McVay's involved, Gruden's involved, Callahan's involved, and and I'm not sure anybody. Um, you know, knows all the details. To, to me, it's like kind of amazing that that can work out within the span of a few seconds between every two consecutive plays. Um, but it, it was humming, and um, it, it looked like uh, it was strange because RG3 wasn't in there, but they were running some plays that RG3 really, really um, worked as a rookie. Um, yeah, I wonder. You know, that, that's you know, if if they if they hit on something, if they found something. And um, and the offense can improve a little bit over the next couple of games. You know, maybe we got something. By the way, I looked at the schedule earlier. We got uh, we got the Pats, which everyone is assuming is a loss, and it probably is. But after that, the number of unwinnable games on the schedule is very small, and I'm not sure there's any. I mean, we've got the Panthers in November on the road, and they're undefeated right now, and they're clearly better than than the Redskins. Um, but I'm not sure even that game is impossible. And after that, you know, you got a bunch of division games and everybody in our division sucks. And uh, all the other games are winnable. Now, do I think they're going to they're gonna win them all or all but one or all but two? No. But, I mean, I'm just saying if they can stay warm, they could win eight games. They could win eight games. If they go bonkers, they could win nine games. I mean, this is very uncharacteristic of me. I, I don't really see this happening. Before the season, I, I predicted six and ten. I still think that's a little bit more likely. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because they beat the lowly Bucks at home by a mere point, and it took a miracle. But, um, you know, on their good day, on their good days, they're not bad. And I just wonder, it'll get interesting. That The beautiful thing here is that, we could be watching meaningful football in December, and you know that is really all you can ask for as a Redskins fan right now. So I had a, I had a question for for you. Uh, I noticed, you know, I'm a, I'm a I follow Burgundy blog, and and I <laughs> uh, I see the, see your tweets, and um, but I, I noticed there was a, a little Twitter skirmish <laughs> between you and potentially a. Uh, Fairly large a skirmish <laughs> defensive lineman on the Redskins. I mean, it was it was a conversation, sort of. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're talking about Terrence Knighton, right? All right. I'm talking about Terrence Knighton. Yeah. I'm pull up my Twitter, and this this was I, I did I did enjoy this little back and forth. I'm gonna see if I can uh, if I can find some of my tweets recently to Terrence Knighton. Okay. Uh, so here and, we and, go. This is on October twentieth. Uh, this is obviously last week before the Bucks game, and I I I tweeted something I had been thinking about. Random thought slash prediction: If Terrence Knighton expects more money next year than he got this year, it'll be in a different city. So let me let me give a little explanation or context here. Um, you know, he was fairly high-profile free agent signing, but to to a a, a pretty modest one-year, four million dollar contract, which is less than a lot of people thought he would get on the open market, and and quite a bit less than reportedly he he expected. Uh, and there was some question about whether that was because he was overweight, or uh, you know, I don't know if different teams maybe didn't consider him quite as um, as good or as good a fit as as he thought he was. 
Uh, I think that he came in here and he's been a, a fan favorite because he's got this kind of boisterous personality and he's got an awesome nickname and he's absolutely enormous. And sure enough, I think he's been a fine player. I think he's been good. I think he's been an upgrade at nose tackle. I think he's effectively taken up a, a lot of double teams. I think that although the Redskins' run defense has been poor lately, I don't think it's really been his fault because I, actually I think that they've been pretty good and plugged up in the middle and most of the opponent's success has come running to the outside. But my point was just that he ha- he didn't to that point, and, and I, I think he still hasn't really struck me as like this elite uh, sort of nose tackle. And there had been a lot of talk um, from him and from some of his former and current teammates about him being, for example, quote, the best nose tackle in the league. I mean, he literally said that in an interview to the Washington Post. And then there was all this stuff about how the defensive line was going to call themselves capital punishment. And this all came up, you know, even well before the season started. So I, I think that they set their own bar and their own expectations pretty high. And that while he's done a good job, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott McLuhan thought that he could find somebody who could eat up doubles and basically eat up space uh, for less money. And and by the way, I don't think I'm alone in this opinion because I recall Cooley even last week on 980 basically describing him as as a guy who wasn't going to get moved back but wasn't getting a lot of penetration and that he he said, in fact, that you would quote, you know what you're getting with Terrence Knighton, which is somebody who just kind of stands there. So I, I fired this off, I thought, fairly innocently. Um... But Terrence found me. I did not at him. I did not mention him, but somehow he got to my tweet. And I actually appreciated this. I thought it was good. He quoted my tweet, and he wrote, Good thing you're not my boss, dot, 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 blog on. Blog on was my favorite. He used that a couple times. (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty good. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, he wants to play a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know. He probably thought that that was uh, a mic drop. And 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 here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I didn't I didn't really think that what I did was calling him out. I wasn't trying to to, to give him a hard time. I would say that he got he got me going a little bit with the blog on. I mean, it seemed somewhat condescending. No, I mean, what's your take, Honcho? Uh, no, yeah, I I think that was a little condescending. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to put me in my place a little bit. That's fine. I get it. I don't play the game. So I wrote back at Mr. Roast 98, no disrespect, but we're still waiting for the punishment with a capital P. There's your yes. capital punishment dig, right? Okay, now I, I right after I sent that, I thought, eh, did I cross the line? I really, I don't want to be one of these guys with the keyboard courage, uh, you know, trying to show up a, 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 stud, a stud tackle. Um, I didn't really think that he would continue playing, but he did. He saw it, and, and he took a little offense to that, he wrote. He quoted that tweet and he wrote, no disrespect, this is my life, my career. Everyone has a right to their own opinion, though, blog on. Boom, roasted. What do you think? Yeah, the, the, the roast the roast was, I think he was getting lost in his feels a little bit. <laughs> he had some big feelings there for a big fella. <laughs> he did, he did. But, but uh, yeah, then I saw he had a little question and answer on Twitter. He's, he was, he's he been did. active. Yeah, where did that go? Then, then to sum it all, I wrote after that. Um, all I'm saying is there was a lot of talk, and I already explained what I meant by that. But then he comes back, and I'm trying to find uh, his more recent tweet when it almost seemed like he was talking to me. Okay, here it is. So then he came back um, after the game. He was proud of himself, and I will say I, I think he had a good game. Um, in the second half and in, in the 
in the fourth quarter in particular, uh, he seemed to be getting more penetration to me than I had I had noticed previously on one one third down play in particular. Um, but he said, "I'm gonna say this and say this once: my job is not to make ten tackles and have three sacks. I get damn near double teamed every play. Selfless player." So you know, I think. I don't bring this up necessarily to draw attention to, to this particular conversation, but I think it's, it's interesting and, and maybe instructive. I, I want to have this conversation about what is the line when you're criticizing a pro? Um, mm-hmm. How far is too far? And, and for a fan who doesn't play and maybe never played at a high level, which I didn't, um, you know, he, he said, this is my career. This is my family. To me, I look at this guy who's making $4 million this year, more than most people, the vast majority of the people in the world will ever see in their lives, even the vast majority of Americans. Um, I think he, being in the position that he's in as a celebrity, I think he's open to a little bit of reasonable, uh, fair, and polite discussion about his performance, especially in relation to expected performance. And and for me to say that um, he's not going to get a raise or I don't think he's going to get a raise next year because he hasn't been elite, what do you think, Hancho? Did I cross the line? I don't think you did cross the line, but what I keep thinking about is, uh, I like you said in that tweet, you didn't add him or did, did you use some hashtag where he would have no, caught that? Nothing. So that's where I'm a little worried. I think it was brought to his attention by, you know um, – mutual followers would be my guess but i don't know maybe so i don't know but i you know that that's just one thing that um that i typically do not like is when i see players from my team that actually get a little bit too interactive with people like us who just like to who like to comment that are um that are not players uh, I, I think that, you know, what shows what what makes you a professional is your ability to block that out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think you crossed any lines. I, I laughed pretty hard about the punishment thing, though. <laughs> I don't think he did. No, no, I don't think he did. I'd love to get him on. I mean, I, I think it's a pipe dream. I, I'd love to talk to him because I, I, I really didn't mean any disrespect. Um, he's got a hard job. I think he's good at it, and I think it kind of came off, and a lot of a lot of followers um, and readers interpreted it as me uh, just slamming him like he sucks or something. And I, I very clearly did not say that, and I don't think that. Um, I will say I think the best defensive lineman on the team this year has been Chris Baker. I mean, my man's been making some plays. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's any debate. Yeah, yeah, turnovers. He's getting pressure. Uh, sacks. He's he's evolved from just a, a, a decent little role player to definitely the best lineman on the team, and I think with Bashad Breeland, one of the two best players on the defense um, this season. Um, and so, you know, what what I meant to suggest is I'm not sure Knighton's going to get that big money long term contract unless he actually does start making some impact plays. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. That's why that's why Scott McLuhan's in the front office, and I'm sitting here. On a blogcast, talking to Mike Honcha, <laughs> as as much of an honor as it is. <laughs> um, Mike Honcha is hard to get. 
it was a it was a pretty nice get on my behalf. Uh, all right, I want to get into one other thing. I thought this was a, a fun topic that you mentioned earlier. Uh, tell me about your Back to the Future question. Oh, you want to get to the Back to the Future question? Let's do it. All right. Um, so you are a Redskins fan, and you have the opportunity to go back in time and deliver your yourself a Redskins newspaper cover, and just from one 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 year uh, from from 2015. From no, from from let's say the past 20 years. Okay, all right, I get to how, how, how long you been watching? How long you been a, a fan? 91, man. 91. Okay, so. Any any time during that era, yeah. Okay, you can you can deliver yourself a newspaper, kind of like they did in Back to the Future, and you and they and you have, and you say, "Hey, past Brent, you must stop this from happening. You must stop <laughs> yeah. this headline from happening. You got to make sure it doesn't happen." Right. So the question is, what headline is that? I can think of many. Yeah. <laughs> and what would you change to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so give me, give me yours. Uh, well, I asked the question. <laughs> okay, so I said <laughs> earlier, and I continue to feel that the no-brainer answer here is that I have to do anything within my my power to prevent Dan Snyder from acquiring the team. So your so your headline is Dan Snyder buys Redskins. Yeah, yeah. I I need to block that at all costs. I think that the last couple of decades go very differently if that never happened. Um. I think my my game day in stadium experience is dramatically better. I think that my reputation among fellow fans in my in my home and place of work is uh, much more salvaged. Uh, I, I just I think that that his taking over the team was uh, basically just the beginning of this recent end. Yeah, it's 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 hard to disagree with you if if you go back if you say twenty years if you say if that's in scope, and you, the the past me or you has the ability to uh, somehow foil that transaction, and anyone else buys the team, it's hard to believe that wouldn't be wouldn't be the one. Yep. But what, let's, what are some alternatives? So the, I, the alternatives that I that I thought of were obviously you the the newspaper cover that still makes my stomach turn, where you've got RG three and his legs bent in half. Ugh. And you say, do you say, you know, do something to stop this? But when I play that out, I was kind of, I, I started kind of, you know, trying to figure out where I would go, because you know, you could go to that game in Seattle or against yeah. Seattle, and you could say, Shanahan, the dude can't walk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that that play, the play right before we went up fourteen nothing, he couldn't walk, so just take him out. Don't don't leave it up to the twenty three year old to make a decision on the rest of his career. Yep. So you could do that. Yep. That's but a sensible choice. Yep. But but then I think it's too late. Yeah. So you could go back to the game he got hurt against Nada. Right. And you could you could streak onto the field and push him out of bounds so he doesn't get the original knee sprain. Yep. So you could do that. But what about your cousin's point? Well, yeah, so so but see then, see, then I was thinking you could do that, but then that injury in itself, the way he played, he was going to get injured. So he was actually lucky that injury could that injury was going to happen. Right. He was actually lucky that it was as 
as, the initial version was actually fairly mild, yeah. Right. So, but then I think what made him go psycho and want to get back so fast was it would he would he really do that if Kirk Cousins wasn't on the sidelines? Yeah. If 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 you didn't draft Kirk Cousins, <clears throat> if you didn't draft Kirk Cousins, does he play the next week? Mm-hmm. Do we win that game? Do we even make the playoffs? Do we win the the Cleveland game? Do we even make the playoffs? Butterfly effect, man. Is the butterfly effect? Does and if Kirk Cousins isn't on the roster, do we get all in for week one? Mm-hmm. Ooh. So this is really interesting. Yeah, I like where you're going here. I I thought I would have said at the time if you'd asked me. I mean, I guess I was a little bit oblivious to the to the possibility that he was actually looking over his shoulder at Cousins. Now Cousins had did come in and and win that game, um, that 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 game against Cleveland, um, and so he had shown a little something, and there was a little buzz on him at the time. Um, but I mean, you've got you've got super Mr. Flashy RG3, Heisman Trophy winner, Rookie of the Year, shredded all the records, everybody's darling. I mean, injury or not, I guess I, it didn't really even occur to me somehow at the time that he really might need to get back on the field because he was worried about job security. But in retrospect, I mean, I think there's something there. I mean, I've, I've read that elsewhere too, but um, he he may have felt that he needed to rush so that he could, so that he could keep that firm grip on his job. Well, and, and I didn't either. I didn't either at the at the time. And you know, we're just we're playing a Back to the Future game, so I don't know, you know, exactly how accurate all this conjecture is. But um, you know, you you hear about things that you know it was after that Cleveland game where apparently you know his family got involved, and his dad said, "Well, why don't you run the plays that you ran for Cousins?" Because right because he didn't get hurt or, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and so you don't, I don't know how all, all that's true, but then also um, I think it was a point that Hayes made before about, you know, just how paranoid these quarterbacks are. Yeah. And you look at, you know, you look at big name quarterbacks that get drafted and I mean, it's almost unprecedented that you bring in uh, a, you know, a, a projected, you know, potential starter in the league in the in the same draft yeah. as as your quarterback. So yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, it also helps me blame Mike Shanahan for more which uh, makes which feels me feels good. Yeah, it feels feels real good. I like to blame him for as much as possible. Yeah. It's a good game, man. I don't know. It's, the sad thing here is that there's so many good options. There's so many times over these past 20 years that we so, so many events that we desperately wish we could go back and undo. Um, yeah, I mean, just the even the Jim Zorn swinging gate play. I mean, that would be that would might be worth it. Yeah, I don't know. We've got some burn out of that one just for comedic relief, though. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, we're gonna wrap this up here soon. I thought a nice way to end this would be um, uh, maybe maybe let's let's list. I, I want to make sure my followers know. First of all, you and I are both on Twitter. I'm at Burgundy Blog, and my buddy Mike Honcho here is at Double Shift Eight. Um, I recommend giving him a follow because he's got some good, uh, insightful and often humorous takes on the Redskins. Who are some other guys that all of, uh, all of our followers and all listeners of this blogcast should definitely be following on Twitter? Um, so without a question, uh, not Robert Griffin. Yeah, that dude's it's, funny. That dude is hilarious. I've gotten, I've gotten non-Redskins fans hooked on non, non-Robert Griffin. In fact, What's one his of my, actual handle, I think, is pseudo-RG3, right? Yeah, pseudo-RG3. Yeah. His, 
during the uh, Colts game where they ran their Jim Zorn fake punt play. Right. Uh, he had me on the ground with uh, with, with what he was doing, and then um, I think for for the more serious follow uh, the. Mark Bullock is that yep. how you say his name? Yep, Mark Bullock. Mark, uh, I think it's at Mark Bullock NFL. I agree. Terrific with X's and O's. He writes for the Post sometimes too. Yeah, and is I, I do you know him? Is he British? <laughs> We've never met. Uh, <laughs> we have a we have a little bit of a a Twitter relationship. I believe he is full Brit, and that he full does. Brit. I think he lives in england or the uk i don't even know man well he definitely lives there because i know every time i see him tweet he's like it's like four in the morning it's like here. 2 a.m here yeah, yeah 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 but uh you should get him on because I, I would love to just listen to a british person talk football we that's, that's a great suggestion i'm gonna track my buddy down and see if we can get him on soon i agree i will i will uh i will second that that uh recommendation and i'll say that the other two guys i really enjoy following um, non-official type media members who are excellent with X's and O's um, are Manny Benton. His his handle is um, at Manny underscore PPI and also Paul Connor uh, who does a little bit of, I guess, blogging lately for Scout. Uh, both of those guys are awesome on Twitter. Who do you like uh, for, for the real uh, beat reporter type people? John Kime, of course. Kime, yep. ESPN, um, excellent. Um, let's see. I'm Tandler. Blanking. Tandler, yep. I, I, I got Rich I Tandler got, for CSN. He's excellent. Tandler. There's one I'm forgetting. Well, there's a there's a new follow I've really enjoyed. Um, I think he came over from Seattle and started writing for the Post just this season. That's Jerry Brewer. Excellent columnist. Yes. Really yes. good. Really good thoughts and ideas. Jerry Brewer is um, great, and of course. Uh, the bog. The bog. I, I'm glad you went there. He was going to be my next one. Dan Steinberg of the Post, uh, DC Sports Bog. That's a must follow. Absolutely. Good. I think that's a pretty good list. Well, Hancho, I think this podcast has gone plenty long. I have enjoyed having you a lot. Anything else to add at all? Anything you want to say to all your adoring fans out there now in Redskin Nation? Uh, I mean, I just, you know, you like that. You like that! You like that! <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's how that's how you end things, right? Just, uh, you like that's how you do now. I mean, what a meme! What a great meme! I I watched and listened to that a couple dozen times today, and it's definitely not old yet. You like that? You like that? Oh, it's not old. And th- my biggest question about that is: is he is that going to be his legacy? Yeah. <laughs> is is he ever going to be good enough to get past you like that, or is he just going to be the you like that guy? If that's all he leaves to the world, it it will have been worth it. It will have been worth it. But I I don't I don't want to see Twitter when he throws a, his next terrible pick because it will be you like that everywhere. It's going to get pretty righteous. I agree. And you know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> all right. I think we're going to wrap that. Thank you, Mike Honcho. Follow him, everybody, on Twitter at Double Shift Eight, and I'm at Burgundy Blog. We will hopefully be back next week. Um, even before the Patriots game with a few more thoughts, and I'll try to get my buddy Hayes back on here um, if, if he's uh, sufficiently uh, beauty rested. All right? Um, that's it. Burgundy Blog out. See you all soon. Bye.